You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Theatre fans, one and all, welcome back. We are here for the We Are Theatre podcast. I said that really weird. Why did I say that so weird this week? But guys, I'm here with one of my favourite theatre photographers in the UK right now. Danny, hello, sir. How are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. So cool. Man, I'm so excited. I have been following your work for what literally years. Oh my God. It's been so long. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. That's so, um, so weird, but so cool. Thank you. Oh, um, this is the first time Danny and I have actually spoken, um, not over Instagram, guys. So this is... Not over Instagram, yeah. <laughs> I see um, your face. <laughs> You guys will know Danny on Instagram as Danny with a camera. He is just a flat out incredible photographer working in and around London theater at the moment. Um, how did you get into photography? Good question. Um, <laughs> I bought the camera at one point when I was on a holiday with my mom and my two little brothers. And then I just, we, like in the Netherlands, we had like this, this papers every week with all the products that were on sale and then I just was in in my bedroom in in the uh, caravan on holiday and um, I was just looking through this thing and I saw a camera on sale and I said mom I'm gonna buy a camera and she was like absolutely not you can save your money you don't need a camera this is not gonna happen and I was like yeah you know it's nice if I have one why not and she was like no you know it's 400 euro um, it's, you have to work so hard to get this. Just don't do it. And I said, mom, it's my own money. <laughs> and then I bought it. Um, and it was like a very old camera. I still have it here just as like a little souvenir yeah. to where it all started. Um, and then I just started to take photos of like different things. So I remember that um, my first time in London was with school, but then the first time I actually went to London with my friends, um, I brought the camera with me and I have like a hard drive with some pictures on there. And it's literally, it's like the tower bridge, but only half of the tower bridge is on there because I didn't even know how to take a picture. <laughs> and um, Big Ben is on there, but the sky is way too bright and like, it's awful. Um, and then I just went um, to like open performances and stuff because like my biggest passion is musical theater and stuff yeah. so i just took it to uh western life and to we have like a dutch version of the western life as well called the musical sing-along and um, olivier awards performances in covent garden in london so i just always took my camera there and then at one point carrie hope fletcher shared my pictures of the olivier awards on her twitter um, and then i was like oh you know people really like the work that I do. And then I just really started to growing in there. And I watched a million YouTube videos on how to um, set your settings and how to edit and how to make your, like sometimes when you take a picture of something, like for example, the sky of like the, with the big Ben, I was like, how can I make the sky more blue in the back? So I just YouTube tutorials and stuff. Um, and I did all of that. And yeah, and that's basically how it, how it started with just taking pictures randomly at events and stuff. I feel like that's like, I do a little bit of photography as well. And that's exactly what I do. Like what setting really? should I use for this setting? Like what, should, <laughs> what do I need to do to get this? How do I affect the lighting yeah. like this? And then like editing, yeah. it's like, what do I need to change in this to 
like yeah it's youtube is your best friend guys if you start yeah youtube is the best but it's, it's the hardest thing as well because sometimes i have people messaging me as well and they're like oh so i'm gonna do this concert um what do you think my settings should be and i'm literally like i have no idea because i play around at the like you never know how much light there is gonna be you never know how many people are gonna be on stage so it's like it's really hard to just be like oh yeah shoot on this yeah. because it might be way too dark or it might be way too bright you never know yeah exactly and like the they might have a blue light but the blue light might be a really dark blue light or a really light, exactly. blue light which are two different completely th- oh yeah and there might be a red light and you want to quit your job because red lights are awful <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because scrolling through your instagram feed there's like a ton of like red light theater yeah but that's the editing that's like, because it's like orange and then I make it more red because, and that's the thing I spoke with uh, uh, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I did um, Rise of the Arts and it was a charity concert um, with like loads of dancers and stuff. And then I spoke with the lighting designer and um, he was amazing. He did, he did such a great job with like all the performances. And then there was one song um, related to Moulin Rouge and he made it red of course because that's like the color of the show yeah and I came to him afterwards and I said you know thanks for doing this and he said oh I forgot I forgot red is an awful color blah blah and then he just didn't do it anymore for the rest of the performance so I was like this is amazing oh, man so much techie stuff for you guys that don't understand what we're talking about it's just <laughs> hilarious um so Carrie Hope Fletcher kind of started it all. Shout out, Carrie. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, getting to where you are now, um, 34,000 followers on Instagram, um, doing behind-the-scenes shots on the West End, on Broadway. How did you build your profile to be able to connect out? Like, how did you, let's say, network um, with all the artists in London to um, get to the point where you are now? Um. So it all, mm, it started with the fact that, um, so years ago, I mean, I'm Ariana Grande's biggest fan. Um, Well, I mean, I say that, but yes, I am actually. Um, (laughs) um, I went to one of her shows and I took my camera with me um, and I took some pictures of her concert and then they basically went viral. So they were literally in magazines all over the world and stuff. Um, But the thing is, I couldn't say it was me who took them because I wasn't the official photographer. So like, like I didn't have the rights to have them. So that was really cool. And that kind of started my following on Insta. And then I think like, I remember that I went to, um, to Paris with one of my friends just for a weekend fun. And I remember that I said to him, if I have the 5,000 followers at the end of this weekend, I will buy, because we really wanted to buy um, nice cakes from a from a store, but they were so expensive. So I was like, I'm definitely not buying this because I can buy 20 of them um, in just a supermarket. And then I remember that I said to him, if I reach the 5,000 followers, I will buy us a cake. And then literally an hour before we had to catch the train back, um, we reached, I reached the 5,000 followers. So we had to go to the store and buy these cakes. Um, which is, was like a nice celebration in the train back home. But like, I mean, I really don't care if I have one follower or if I have 10 followers or if I have 34,000, like it really doesn't make a difference for me at all. Like I, I don't mind 
use my Instagram as my portfolio. But it was just a really cool thing that it happened. Like I started my account on, on like a month before that. And then I, until I posted that picture of Ariana, literally in one weekend, so many people got to see it. And like my reach was insane. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy what's happening. Um, and then Celine de Schoenmaker, who is um, a Dutch musical performer, she um, was um, Christine in Phantom of the Opera. And um, I asked her if she wanted to do a photo shoot backstage, and so we did. And then, because she shared them on her social media, people kind of started seeing that I was like not just someone who was taking pictures, but actually someone who like was able to come in the dressing room and take some pictures around there, and was like, a, like more like also nice chatty vibe, I think, and not just like. Because a lot of photographers are just like a photographer and are just like doing their job and stuff. But I also really like chatting and just talking and just like having a nice, uh, nice vibe and stuff. So I think that really helped in doing that. So then more people from the cast of Phantom messaged me and asked if I wanted to do that with them, which was really cool. Um, and it, it's so funny because um, I actually should share this in one day. But my friend Anik, who is one of my best friends um, for the rest of my life, um, she used to be my assistant. So I literally, I don't know who I was or what I thought, but I even created an email for her called Anik at denikhan.nl. And then she emailed people. And then as soon as people reached out to me in my DMs, then she sent them an email and she was like, hi, it's Anik here, I'm Denny's assistant, blah, blah, blah. Then he would do this and then he would do this, then he would do this. And then if you if you share pics on social, then Denny would love to be credited in this way. And I literally, I don't even like the fact, pictures are shared every minute of the day and like I'm never credited and stuff. And I don't mind because it just happens for the past three years now. So the fact that that she wrote this in this email is just ridiculous and just like, why why was I like this? Who did I think I was? I was not. I was nothing. Um, and then I reached out to some producers as well. So for example, Fame Productions, who did loads of stuff at um, Zadell, um, which is kind of the fifty-four below from New York, and Zadell is just so nice and it's just wonderful things are happening there. And then I reached out to them and I reached out to Lambert Jackson Productions and I reached out to uh, Western Dust. And I just basically said like, I'm looking for more work because I just want to um, improve my skills. I want to learn more about photography. Is there any way I can photograph one of your events? And I think I just was there at the right time because they didn't have anyone. And like, there wasn't someone who was doing that kind of things. Like every time when I was, in Zedels, there was no other photographer. And Lambert Jackson and Western Dust started at the time that I reached out to them. So I was there at their first events. And um, yeah, I just think that really helped. And then because I did all these things, people started recognizing my face and I'm always wearing the pink cap because it's just the easiest thing. So people just started to recognize me from, from that way. And I, yeah, I just got to know people better and better. And then they saw on my Instagram that I had like a following there as well. So th they just took me more serious, I think. And then, yeah, now we're here. Now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a cool story. Like I, I feel like we're on similar paths, just in different kind of categories of creative media, of like your shooting, mm -hmm. I'm recording, like it's yeah. just a matter of getting out there and asking. Like you'll never know yeah. what you're going to get. There's nothing to lose. Yeah. So 
Like, yeah, I don't, like the times that I messaged um, the PR on Broadway, for example, to photoshoot with Sarah Bareilles when she was in Waitress, and I was I was so close to getting there. Um, and then I'm really like by the time, well, still, I'm like really nervous to like um, really push people in like. But I know, I mean. You kind of have to do this, but also you want to keep your name in a nice vibe. Yeah. But um, I remember that in New York, the last time I was there, uh, no, the time before the last time I was there, um, I literally I had the phone number of the PR lady from Waitress and I've emailed with her like a million times and we were so close. And then in the week I was there, she didn't reply anymore to my emails, but her phone number was in the emails as well. And I remember that Anik, again, Anik, <laughs> She called the PR lady and she pretended to be me. So she was like, yeah, hello, it's Debbie. <laughs> and it's just, I see her still, I still see her sitting on the bed in the hotel room pretending to be me. Um, but then like the photo shoot was all like set and done. But then in the end, um, the manager of, uh, of the waitress building, I think it was the stage manager. Um, he didn't want to do it in that week. Yeah. So in the end, it didn't work. But like the amount of times that like I try things that doesn't work, but it's fine. Like yeah. other things will work and like some things won't work. 100%. And I think if you're afraid of hearing no, uh, you'll never get anywhere. And that's like, exactly. like we probably asked 100 people to do something and we'll get 20 yeses and the rest yeah. of no's. Like you just got to flow with the yeses and then eventually word will spread and those people will be like, oh crap. Yeah. You asked me to do this. I'm keen now. Do you want to do it? And I'll be like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It's all about just opening the door and planting that seed of let's do this. Um, yeah. You're yeah, totally right. Yeah. That's how it does. How, yeah. That's how it works. This is so good. Um, so moving from the Netherlands to London, what spiked that decision for you? <laughs> um, well, in the Netherlands, we have theater as well. Um, but it's <laughs> how am I gonna say this nicely? Um, it's not from the same quality and it's not on the same scale as it is here in London. Yeah. Um, and um, again, Anik used to live in London, and I literally I came to visit her well twice a month. So I was in London so many times, and every time now when Instagram and Snapchat do like the the memories from so many years ago, is literally every weekend it's like. Hi London, uh, and then bye London. See you next week. It's just, it's great. I literally, I don't know how I had the money or how I lived my life, but um, it's just, it's great. I literally, I was so often in London, um, and then because I started to know people more, and because like sometimes when I did a photo shoot, I literally like I photographed Jason Robert Brown at the London Palladium, and literally flew on Wednesday in the morning. Had to take off my day of work in the Netherlands. I flew in the Wednesday morning, and I flew back in the Thursday morning to start work on Thursday again, just to have like one day off. And like that happened more often. And I missed out on things that I really didn't want to miss out on. Yeah. Um, so I was like, you know, maybe it's time for me to, to do that as well. But I remember that when Anik moved to London, like I think seven years ago now, that I said to her, whoa, I'm so proud of you. I could never do that in my life. How can you do that? Um, it's crazy to leave one country and all your friends and your family in one part and then move on to a country where you don't know anybody. And like, it was so weird. And then so many years later, I did exactly the same. Um, but I think the point in me was, um, I was, 
I had a really nice job and I really liked my job that I used to do in the Netherlands. So I studied marketing. So I had a marketing job in the Netherlands um, and I really liked that. Um, but I did it for two, three years by the time. Um, and um, because of like personal reasons of one of my colleagues, I had more responsibilities in the job, but then she came back in the job that she had. So my responsibilities went back to where I basically, what my job was. Um, and it was nice and I was fine with that. But then I really wanted to do more creative stuff as well. Um, so I tried to get another job in there, but I mean, there wasn't a job. So I tried to create a job for myself there. Um, but it was like one of the biggest companies we have in the Netherlands. So you can't just really create a job for yourself when you're 21. So um, that didn't work out. And then I was like, you know, I think it's just time for a change for me. And then I moved. Boom. And now we're in London. And now we're in London. And I'm never moving back to the Netherlands. So um, getting into, I'm just constantly scrolling through your Instagram feed. And it's just filled <laughs> with like, incredible people um that you've shot and obviously a collective of people that you continue to shoot with over time um yeah it's so nice i think that's the the nicest part of my job that i i have this connection with people now and then you see them so often yeah and some of them became my friends which is also the weirdest thing because it's like people i've like looked up to and people i was when i used to live in the netherlands like for example, Rachel Tucker, like I literally day sat to see her last show in Wicked. I was there at 4 a.m. to get my tickets at 10 a.m. And now she's calling me. Like, it's the weirdest thing. Like, you just don't it's crazy. It, do you? Like, you see someone like message you to check in on you and you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, yeah, I can't believe it. Um, so I discovered you through six. Um, so let's, <laughs> let's go down that just while I'm like scrolling yeah. through your Instagram feed here. Um, obviously you've worked with the OG girls from six quite a yeah. lot. Um, quite a lot. <laughs> what, uh, how did that all start for you with the, with those girls um, getting to work with them the way you have? So, I mean, I saw six before the hype really started. So I saw six on um, when it was on their little tour and then they came in London for, I think, two months or whatever it was. I saw it then um, with my friend Sophie and I really liked the show. I was like, this is such an amazing show. Um, really liked it. I love the fact that I can remember that, like they say, it's a 75 minute show and it started at eight o'clock and it finished at quarter past nine. And I was like, this show is 75 minutes, starts on time. The girls are amazing. This is like, literally, this is insane. Um, and then afterwards that show, it was like a press night or something. Afterwards was a Q and A as well. Um, and I stayed for that, like only 20 people stayed for that. So I didn't really understand why, because people who saw the show really loved the show. And I was like, why do you not stay to like hear more about how it is for the girls to do that and stuff. And that was just really interesting. And I was like, well, it would be so nice to, to know more about these girls and to maybe shoot with them one day but then they went on tour and stuff so it didn't, didn't really happen then they came back to the arts for like a few months but di they didn't know it was going to be for that long so i saw it again um 
when they came back, I think in end of February, beginning of March. Um, And that was before the hype was there. So rush tickets were literally the easiest thing to get. Like it was going to the supermarket and get a bread. It's always there. Um, So I, I did that. And then I saw it again the day after because I was like, this is incredible. Then I saw it again the week after. Then I saw it again the week after because the rush tickets were so easy. And it was literally like, I think 25 pounds. So it was just so easy to get them. And then the hype started. Um, and I was like, oh, I didn't expect this to happen. Um, so then I didn't see it for a while. <laughs> um, but uh, in April, I think it was April, I reached out to the PR. I knew one of the PR girls from another project that um, she asked me for. So I reached out to her and I said, you know, it would be so cool to do a, a backstage photo shoot with the girls, blah, blah, blah. Um, I would absolutely love that. Um, and then we did that. Um, so that was my very first time that I actually met the girls. Um, and I just went backstage and they were doing their makeup and stuff. And they were just like, we just like were chatting and um, we took some pics. Um, but then I had to leave because the, how do you call this? The company manager, she uh, said, okay, you have until half an hour before the show and then you have to leave. So I left. Um, and while I walked back, I was like, it's so sad because I don't really have any pics of them in their costumes. I just have them doing their makeup, which is really nice. Like I really liked um, like the vibe, but I just was like, you know, that's the really cool pics. So um, it's fine. I shared them on social. They started following me on, on Insta. We just had like, we replied to stories sometimes and stuff. Just like, just what you do on Insta. And um, then some of them, and with some of them, I mainly mean Natalie. She did like loads of different concerts. Like she was always like a guest performer somewhere. And I, I was always there to photograph the concert. So like we had like a really nice connection. Um, and then Amy... Atkinson was going to leave six so I sent her another message and I was like you know I would absolutely love before you leave the show to take some photos of you in your costume so um she says yeah I'm totally up for that and then that's the moment I realized that I shouldn't ask (laughs) I mean should I say this in a podcast or not then I realized that I shouldn't ask the PR and press to do things I realized that I should just ask the performer to do it because it's so much easier. Sometimes it's a way to get things done though. I know exactly. like, you go to PR and you'll get a yes and then they just won't reply because they get swamped after exactly. like the show launches. They get swamped with PR requests. So if you yeah. go directly to people and get them to ask, it refreshes and then, oh my God, we got interest from actual people to get involved. Yeah. Literally. But yeah. do it the proper route, it's guys. Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but nothing offending to PR and press because they do amazing work. Yeah. But like, and I get it because the fact that I'm coming in their dressing room taking a few pictures is it's not going to bring them anything. So like, there's nothing in it for them at the time. Like afterwards, they might use my picture for an interview or whatever. But at the time, there's no benefit for them to let me do. So like, why would they invest their time? But then I realized it. And then um, I did my photo shoot with Amy. And I remember that she opened like the stage door there and I walked in and she was like, so I have this little plan. And I was like, oh, okay. I just expected to take a picture of you. And she was like, so I have this plan. Um, me, Natalie and, a- and Maya are every Sunday doing a little photo shoot with ourselves. But now you are here. So now you can take the picture of the three of us. Um, so they had like 
these little costumes that they were wearing um, with a six jacket and like all black jeans and stuff. And then we just walked around the theater and we took a few pictures. And then I said, well, before we leave, I really want to take the picture in your costumes. Um, so then um, they changed into costumes and we took a few pictures of that. Um, so then like, I really got to know them. And then that's how, like how I spoke more with the other girls as well. And then every time when Six did something, I was there to photograph. Um, when they did concerts, I always was there to photograph. Um, and then like the original girls became a band called Seven. Um, and I'm always there when they do something. So yeah, it's it's all really cool. That's sick. It's just literally <laughs> the epitome of just ask the question, just try and get your foot in the door. It's so literally I, like the amount of DMs that I've sent to people with like, oh, should we do a backstage shoot? Like it's, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Just got to ask. Um, <laughs> we can't do this interview without touching on the last year. Um, yeah. COVID as a photographer, a theatre photographer, um, when there's no theatre, um, yeah, you went out of your way to find work and create work in other ways. But what was that initial kind of um, feeling for you when you found out, cool, theatres are shutting down? It was so weird. Um, it was literally, it was so weird. I remember um, I I had like the busiest time of my life by then I but like also in a nice way so I went to New York um and Anik again my friend Anik she was wearing this weird mask this really big face mask and she was like I don't want to catch this virus that's going around in the world and I just I have a video on my phone that I'm literally filming her and I'm laughing that she is wearing this mask because I'm like why would you do this like it's the weirdest thing like it's just it's on the other side of the world like it's not a big thing you know um, and for the whole week, it was just fine. Um, and then on the flight back, she was wearing the mask again, and I just was laughing so much. It's just it was ridiculous. Um, and then I was in London, and I had like a few photo shoots. Um, then I went to Greece to see the uh, Greek production of Phantom of the Opera um, because they had the new production there, and I knew some people in there. So I, again, I wanted to photo shoot with them. Plus, I just really wanted to see that show. Um, and I went with my friends Caroline and Shami. And um, then we knew more about the whole thing. So we were like more conscious of things. So we were sanitizing our hands sometimes. Um, when we were there, we went for drinks afterwards with the cast. And um, they were saying, yeah, this big thing, maybe our show has to close soon um, because we don't know what's going on. It's so weird to be here. And, so like it was like a weird thing, um, but we were still like hugging and stuff. So it like that's what like we were still not really scared. Um, and then I was back in London, and again I had so many photo shoots, and it was just weird to be at the photo shoots because everyone everyone was like, yeah, have you heard this? Have you heard this? Have you have you heard that this is gonna blah blah? And then um, the Watch on Stage Award party happened, and literally that was like nothing in the world was going on. Um, because everyone was just like hanging around and partying and blah, blah. No one was talking about the whole Corona situation. And then the day after I flew to LA um, just for a holiday. And um, I was there and I remember that I, um, because in LA you have to do everything with uh, an Uber or like with a taxi because everything is so far away. Um, and <laughs> I mean, as you can probably hear my voice, my experience with LA wasn't the oh, best. because LA, I... 
I have a very <laughs> love-hate relationship with Los Angeles. Oh, really? like, unless I'm in Disneyland, I'm like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah, there's was like, I don't know. I'm just more of a New York boy, I think. I, just, I have nothing with I'm with you. LA, the airport's so far away from everything. Everything's yeah. dirty and dingy. You get to New York, it's still dirty, but it's like a fun type of dirty. In LA, yeah, just exactly. feel like get me out of here <laughs> yeah exactly 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 um but yeah i was there and i was like i mean i had ju- i just had a sore throat and i had a headache and um i was sleeping a lot and i just i didn't feel really well um but you know by the time i was like you know i've been in new york i've been in greece i've i've had like seven photo shoots in two days every time when I was back in London. So I probably, my body just was really tired and exhausting. And then I went from being in winter to like being in summer because LA is always warm and like 25 degrees. So I just was like, you know, my body is just weird. And then I was in an, uh, in an Uber with, um, I did shared Ubers because they are so much cheaper. And I was like, you know, I'm just not going to waste my money on doing Ubers all the time. So I just, I had a shared Uber. And then there was a lady who was like, her name was, golden i think and she was like 70 something years old and she came in the uber and she was like oh there are people in my uber and i said uh yeah it's a shared uber and she was like oh yeah i always just get my own uber but this time i did a shared one but i really have to go to the hospital because there's something wrong with my arm but you don't have the corona do you and i said no 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 i'm fine i'm fine because like when you when like corona was like such a big thing and like we only heard stories that people are dying from it so I was like no I don't have corona don't worry but I just I didn't really feel that well um and then that was just Uber and for the entire trip I was really ill and then um the day that I flew back I was in the airport and I literally I was so ill like I the fact that I even made it to the airport was like disgusting and then I was at the airport and I um I was I sat there waiting to go through the security check and then trump came on the tv and stuff and he was like we're closing the borders from tomorrow and everyone has to fly home blah 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 and it like people have to come home to america because there are no flights anymore um and then at at that point the airport was going to change like everything so they were going to do checks temperature checks they were going to check how ill people were and i was like i'm I'm stuck in this country because I'm so ill. So they will definitely think, and I still thought that I didn't have Corona. So I was like, they will still think that I have this weird thing and I can't go home and I have my life and I have photo shoots planned for the next week. So how is this possible? Not even thinking that all of that would cancel anyway. And then um, I, I went into like one of these stores and I bought so many medicines and stuff. Um, and I took everything. And like, I know that's not good for the body, but I took everything. (laughs) And then they did the security checks in like the, so when you have like the, the suitcase check and all that kind of stuff, they checked your temperature and they did like one person, one person, one person. And then they took the person in front of me and the person behind me. And if they took me, I would have been still there. So I was so lucky that I got through, but like, I still, I feel, I felt so ill. And then I did the flight and I came back on a Wednesday morning and I had a photo shoot Wednesday evening and I canceled. And it was the first time in my entire life that I canceled a photo shoot. And then I canceled all the photo shoots that I had for that week, except the photo shoots that I had on the Sunday. Um, 
that was uh, Love of the Musicals at Godolin Hall. And I did that and I still didn't feel really well, but I was fine. Um, so I did that photo shoot. And um, then I remember that my friend Tom, who is the producer of um, Roles Whenever Play, called me that evening as soon as I finished the photo shoot. And he was like, Danny, how close are you to the Turbine Theater? And I said, oh, I'm on the other side of the bridge. Why? And he said, my photographer just dropped out because of Corona. Are you able to come? And then I came there and literally half of the lineouts, half of the lineup was, had dropped out because they were scared of coming into London. Um, and then the next day, the West End shut down. Um, and I just was like, how is this something that happens? Like, how is, how is this a thing? What am I going to do with my life now? Um, because like photography was my life, was my job. I, I did it every day. And if I didn't do it, I went to watch a show or I don't And like the social media agency that I do is also, we only had entertainment customers, uh, like clients. So we only did things for theater stuff. And I just was like, what am I going to do with my life? And I just came back from a holiday. So I just missed out on like everything. And like the most annoying part was, was that Sarah Brennan was in Oasis by the time. <laughs> and I was in LA, so I couldn't go to her last show, but she extended with a week. So I was like, amazing. I can go and see her last week. But then her last week was canceled and cut down. So I just was like, oh my, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, this is, by the way, a very long answer for your question. It's and, completely fine. <laughs> and... Um, so then I just was home and I just, I didn't know what to do. I just wasn't on Zoom with Sophie every day for like eight hours. And we were just like talking about how weird it was. Um, but luckily we work for Lambert Jackson Productions and they announced the Leave a Light on concerts. So as soon as the Western shut down one week later, um, Leave a Light on started and they did three shows. So they did three shows per day. Um, so I had to watch all of them to make sure everything was well. I had to like live tweet and Instagram story about them. So I, I watched for 10 weeks, three leave license, which was crazy. Um, and so busy. And then I worked on the last five years and I worked on songs for the world. So I was really busy, but I had a break from my camera, which was the weirdest thing. And I remember like being on the phone with my mom every week and she was like, oh, you know, you can just reach out to people and like go outside and do photo shoots or you can do, um, she even said like, because a lot of people, and she meant it in a good way, but I was like, I'm a theater photographer. I want to go to the theater and take photos. But she was like, you know, in the Netherlands, a lot of photographers who come to their work now are reaching out to people who are losing someone because of Corona and because of all the rules, they all can't go to the funeral. So maybe you can become a funeral photographer and take like really beautiful images of funerals and then people can still be like a part of the funeral because of your pictures and stuff. And she made it in a good way because so many people in the Netherlands were doing that because it was like just a way to still do your uh, passion and do your photography jobs. Um, but I said to her, mom, I'm not that kind of photographer. I'm a theater photographer. I want people to sing. I want like nice lighting. I don't want sad people crying and like go to a funeral all the time. Um, so like, I didn't do that, of course, but then like little things started happening. And as soon as I saw an announcement on Watson States or on Twitter somewhere, I was like, who is this producer and how do I get in the room? And, and again, that's how it happened. So tonight at the London Coliseum happened. I had never worked with, with these producers before. 
but I sent them a message and I was like, hi, I don't know if you filmed this already, but if you have to film this, I would love to be involved. I don't need any money. I just want to be involved. I just want to be there, yeah. Exactly. And that happened. And I mean, in the end, they were amazing producers and they did pay me, which I'm really grateful for. Um, and the, the drive-ins happened. And I was like, again, I, well, I've, so I had spoken to the people who produced the drive-ins, but I, had, I never worked with them. So I, again, messaged them and I was like, hi, I saw you were doing the drive-ins. If you want to talk for, please let me know. Um, and then intermissions happened in the summer as well. And um, I was like hired for that as part of the Digi Creative. So I did like the social media and the photography for it as well. So like little things started happening and I just reached out. Like I, again, I just did what I'm apparently good at. And I just messaged and I was like, I need to be there. So <laughs> let me be there. Yeah. And it, it comes down to how passionate you are about things as well. Like this is yeah. what you want to do. So you're going to do anything you can to get what you need to do. Done. Yeah. 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 And I, I would do everything like, and if, even if like one producer won't reply, I will message the other person. Like if it's a company of two people oh, yeah. and one person doesn't reply, I will go to the other one. Like I, you will find me annoying, but I will get I'll, my reply. Post their emails in the same thing and send them the same thing and someone will respond. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah but exactly, that's how it is. Yeah. Like it's like message to social media. Hey guys, who do I contact about this? This is what I want to do. This is what I'm connected to. This is what I want to do. Who do I, I do it all the time. Like yeah. just throw it out there. Oh, yeah. We are like the legitimate same person. Oh my God. <laughs> but I, the, like the thing, what people think is they always think like, oh, you are everywhere. Like people are always asking you. And yes, I do get asked a lot for things, but like half of my work is me reaching out. Yeah. Like, I've been doing this for a year and a half now. And like, I've only just had the first person reach out to me to yeah, have but, a spot on my show. Like exactly. That's how it is. You have to reach out. This is what I can do for you. Like, hi, this is yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. That's how it is. But yeah, people don't, people always think that everything just comes to you because they don't see that you do like loads of work from the other side. Like, like I spend hours per day to like reach out. Uh, but yeah, like that's the thing, like the amount of hours you spend on social media, not scrolling, but being like, Hey, this is what I can do. Yeah. Are you keen? Like, yeah, exactly. And like, who is the best contact person for this? What is our Instagram? Do they follow me on Instagram? Do they follow me on Twitter? What is their email address? If, if they have a phone number, what's their phone? Like literally it's, it's yeah, it takes so much time. And then the follow-up emails after you send an email to somebody, they say yes. And you're like, hi, time frame, please. What, like, yeah. when are we going to do this? Like, yeah. Oh, exactly. so many hours guys. Like, and yeah. for me in Australia as well, like 75% of my content is all done in the U S or UK. So I yeah. yeah, like, late at exactly. night or I'm getting up early in the morning to record. Like, yeah, it assumes a lot of time to do what we do. Yeah. It's crazy. Isn't it? <laughs> Speaking of another time-consuming project that you got up to while everything was going on in the world, <laughs> dear audience, you went and yeah. created a book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, never again. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it, it's yeah, it's the best project I've worked on in my life. It's crazy, and I think that showed, like, for myself, the connection that I have with so many people now. The fact that so many people said yes to do that um yeah. well, it was just it was so nice to to like 
have so many people wanting to be involved and even people who I had never worked with before um but who who are like who I knew and who knew me but we just had never worked together or I had never photographed them but then still said yes um which was so cool it's just like so cool seeing all the people and like it was just like a really I found it like a really awesome idea and then seeing all the videos of you like flipping through the book I'm like oh man like it's just like a really unique idea that I don't think can be replicated like it's definitely a yeah like it could be done but it wouldn't have the same impact I don't think that it no. it did yeah. last year yeah no true and but I also I might I I well I mean I did it to just like have fun, but I also wanted to make a statement that, and like Sophie and I were both really passionate about it, but we wanted to make the statement that the industry is not just performers. Yeah. So that's why, well, I mean, I think it's like 60% performers and then 40% people behind the scenes, or maybe even like 65 and 35. But that's also because we both knew more performers and there are more performers in the yeah. industry in general. But we really wanted to make like the point that it's not just the people on stage. There are so many more people in the building and in the office. And like you, for example, as a theater content creator, like that's, that's the, and people are always forgetting these kind of people. It's like, and that's what this podcast is about. It's like, yeah, we know that shows have shut down, but when you think of a show shutting down, you think of those people on stage. You don't think. Exactly. And like, even though it's so sad for them and like, I like I feel so sad that they've lost their jobs and they have things, but they can teach via Zoom. They are doing workshops. They are doing um, online concerts and stuff. Like a lighting designer can't just brighten up his garden. <laughs> and like, but that's the thing. People forget about these things. But like, what is a lighting designer? He can't do anything because yeah. theaters are closed. Yeah. Or a sound engineer, like, what can he do? A costume because, designer, like a costume yeah, designer, like, is like. Like, yeah, and that's this is the exact conversation I wanted to have at some point, like here <laughs> on this show, is that like there's so like a producer can't produce like obviously some producers have produced shows, but like yeah, with the amount of producers out there, there's only limited things that can be done. Yeah, exactly. And you also don't home. want ten million live streams on at the same night because nobody's gonna watch it anymore, and there are too many things to watch at the same time. Yeah, and like photographers. Like I was in another city the other day with a, one of my friends who did the photography for my brand. Um, she does a lot of festivals and live yeah. and all that. And we just had a conversation about how there's no work and like that whole experience from her perspective. And like, it's very similar from a theater perspective, but like just having that conversation and hearing people being like, yeah, like this genuinely sucks is like, yeah, this is the conversation that isn't being had. No, no, exactly. Yeah, and that, yeah, and you always see in the news like about all those kind of things, but like so many people, I don't know, there are so many more people than people think there actually are. Guys, literally open up your program and flick past the cast pages and look at all the names of the people involved with the show. Yeah. Producers to lighting design to everyone that works backstage. Sometimes the backstage area is even bigger than the people on stage. Literally. Let me, I'm just having a look at Frozen Australia right now. <gasps> Frozen Australia. Have you seen that? I've seen it five times. It is so oh. good. Oh my God. 
Generally, um, literally. When I was younger, I, I I was on holiday when I was 14, 15 years old. No, maybe a bit older, maybe 15, 16. And I was in um I was on holiday with my dad and, and my stepsisters and my stepmom. And I was on my phone and out of nothing. I found Gemma Rick's Divine Gravity on YouTube and I wasn't even like looking for it, but like I just found it. I remember that I sat on the chair and I've listened to her Divine Gravity for five hours straight. Did you hear her do Let It Go the other day? No, I did not because I'm praying that I will see her one day. <laughs> oh, I cry every time. She does this like weird little rasp thing going into the very last chorus of Let It Go and you hear, oh, oh. chills, literal chills. Um, yeah, she's yeah, so... Like, just looking at, you guys aren't going to see the video. I was going to show the video. But looking <laughs> at this page, there's literally like 60-odd names of people that work behind the scenes on shows. Like It's crazy. It's huge. Um, yeah. And like... There's people like me and Danny who have been around that and know how to <laughs> work on a show <laughs> and work in the offices on a show and work in the theatres, in the box office, like cleaning. Like there's a lot of people out of jobs right now. But yeah. on the bright side, you guys have a date for London. We to have a date. We have yes. We're going to stay positive. We, we are going to stay positive. <laughs> yeah, we are. I think my first thing that I actually have tickets for is um, opening night of Six Musical, twenty first of May. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I was at, yeah. So Frozen was the first show, like big professional show to come back here, and I had. But why has Six not reopened? Because you had Six. Um, venue, I, I I don't know. There is a reason. I, mainly recasting as well because we've had some people join other shows. Oh, yeah. Um, so the fact that they've got to recast and kind of re-rehearse kind True. of, I think, pushed it back. Um, but they have set a time frame for the end of the year and they've got auditions. End of the year? Yeah, end of the year sometime. But they've got auditions in the next month, so it could open any time. It'll just be a matter of locking in venues. Yeah, okay. Know. Yeah. But, yeah, so, like, I can't wait for you guys to be back in a theater. Like that <laughs> of walking back through a door after like so long. It's just like, I'm home. Yay. Yeah. When I, um, so when we opened in, when was it? November, December, I, um, I went to the dress run of Jamie. Everybody's talking about Jamie. And that was, I saw six the day before. No, like the week before. But there's no interval in six. But I'm that kind of person who, like, as soon as the interval starts, I need a wee. So I, when Jamie was like, and I just stood up as soon as the interval started and I ran to the toilet to go for a wee. And I just missed that. I remember being like, is it already the interval because I really need a wee? Like, it's the weirdest thing. But I, I remember that I just went there and I was like, I just missed this. <laughs> It's just going to be so fun to have theatre back around the world. And fingers crossed Broadway gets back up and running by its prospective Hopefully. date. Um, Hopefully. But if we can hit hubs left, right and centre, we'll be back there. And that is what we're hoping for. Um, we will be back one day. Exactly. We will be I back. I mean, at, at least we know that. Like, we don't know when, but we will be back. Yeah. 
I think this industry is too passionate not to come back. We'll literally set up stages in the streets if you don't let us. We'll fight you. True. <laughs> when you go over to or the UK or to New York, what is going to be your first show that you will go and see? Oh. I'd have to go to London and it'll be a toss-up between Jamie and Juliet. Oh, really? Yeah, because, well, the Australian production of Jamie got cancelled because of COVID, so it's not coming down here anymore. Oh. So it'll be that or... I don't know. I think I think they're the top two at the moment. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they're my top two. Because we've got... I think- We've got Come From Away, Frozen, Hamilton down. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. I I thought you were going to say Come From Away, but then I realized that that you have it, so. Yeah, and I saw it, like, a month ago, so, like, (laughs) I'm good. So So cool. Like, your theatres are just open. It's crazy. Like, and I've been to, I didn't go to theatre in Brisbane when I was there, but I've been to theatre in Sydney and I've been to theatre in Melbourne and just, like, the vibes from the different audiences and just, to chat to the cast because like I've got friends all over the place is just like you can see the passion behind people and yeah as much as like I can record conversations guys like seeing people's actual like love for what they do is just insane yeah it's crazy isn't it yeah yeah oh. I'm with you <laughs> That's so exciting. What are you most, uh, to wrap things up, let's let's put a wrap up on this. Let's put yeah. a wrap on it. Um, what are you most excited for when theatres do reopen? Um, work-wise or to, to like watch? Both. So work-wise, I, I love photographing the experience from people. So I, I like, what I really like is just walking around the theatre and seeing people living their best lives while they're watching a performance and then try to to capture that and try to capture the atmosphere of what's going on so that was when theaters reopened last time it was all socially distanced and it was just it felt really special to photograph like a half empty auditorium but people on stage are so happy to be back on stage and the people who were in the auditorium were so happy and so excited but on, on the first hand, it looks like you're watching a concert that's only half sold out. So you're like, oh, they didn't sell really well. But on the other side, when you look better, you see that the people are actually living their best life. So I really try to do that kind of thing. So I really like to, to do that. And then just like walk around and run around and just complain about the fact that it's always so warm in a theater and that I, when I run that I'm so sweaty and stuff. Like I, I can't wait to actually do that again. Um, and I know that like some really cool things are coming up and I'm, I'm just so excited to do that kind of things, like things that have been postponed for a year and like, yeah. just like looking forward to like really cool um, things that are going to happen um, and to watch. I just can't wait to like be in the theater again and just like scream um, like when I see something really cool or like just like the funniest thing is I... I don't know if it's my language barrier or whatever it is, but like sometimes when a joke happens on stage, the joke doesn't fall on me. So it's like the joke happens and everyone is laughing. And then like 10 seconds later, then there's me <laughs> laughing because then I have to think of the joke. And like, 
I just love seeing my friends being like, Tinny, why are you laughing? And it's just like, it's fun. But there are also so many things that I love from, but they, n- nobody else in the whole theater loves. Oh. But I, maybe it's because I'm Dutch or maybe because I'm just a weirdo. But there are so many things that I love from that nobody else loves about. So it's just, it, I, I can't wait to have these experiences again. And just like, I don't know. I just love theater so much. <laughs> I love it, man. Danny and I could literally talk for another like three hours. We're going to hit pause on the recording there, guys. Thank you so much for joining us, Danny. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. It was so nice. Cannot wait to run around London with you and tear up things are back open. Um, Guys, if you haven't already, make sure you are following this podcast wherever you're listening. Hit that button right next to the play button because hit the button. Yeah, exactly. Danny said do it. So just do it. (laughs) Hit the Um, button. I am so excited to be back and producing these episodes for you guys to listen to on a weekly basis. Make sure you're checking out all of Danny's ads down below his website, Instagram, Twitter, everything is down there. So go click it. Um, and guys, we will be back next week with a brand new episode of the We Are Theatre podcast. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.